and I vote not to introduce. Welcome to the Crusader Talk Show. We're the faculty and staff of St. Joseph Academy, a traditional, Catholic, classical TK-12 school. On the show, we'll talk about some of the most important topics for society today. We'll chat about education, virtue, faith, morals, and spirituality. But we'll also talk about some lighter topics, too. We hope you enjoy. The combination is the special guest. (laughs) Welcome to the Crusader Talk Show. I'm Mr. Hudson. Mr. Murray, the older. Mr. Murray, the younger. Miss Ost. Mrs. Burton. Mary O'Reilly. Special guest, Mary (laughs) (laughs) O'Reilly. And Miss Shaner. And instructor English. I didn't know you go by instructor Instructor English. English. That's new. That's new. That's how they know me. Hmm. They. Hmm. They. They. But more, us, most they. importantly, <laughs> we have a special guest. Yes. Why don't you talk about it? Um, Her. This <laughs> <laughs> talk guess, about it. The guesting. Not <laughs> She's a gender okay. neutral. <laughs> I'm just like, no, should I'm we start? totally kidding. <laughs> oh, That's not funny. Uh, <laughs> a few years ago, oh, I went to a lovely college called Christendom College and met a lovely woman named Mary O'Reilly. <laughs> And here I am today. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still friends. Um, so she's visiting me for this week. Do you want to talk about yourself? I don't know. What do you do? A lot of things. <laughs> I am a freelance artist and calligrapher and part-time teacher, art teacher and dance teacher. And I work in a wine shop. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. She's the best. Nice. Yep. <laughs> and she's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we know. Yeah. So it makes sense to have an artist here today yes, because we would like to break down a statement that Mr. Hudson has said a few times on the last few podcasts that I was very tempted to break down on those specific podcasts. We hope you've been listening. Yeah. Yeah. I was rerouted a few times by Mr. Murray, which is fine. So we're going <laughs> to finally delve into Can it. Can I defend why I rerouted? Fine. Or, or go ahead. I go? <laughs> well, you, towards the end of an episode, you brought in... Uh, you wanted to talk about something so deep and so rich, and I just, in justice, did not think we could do that in like five, ten minutes. Okay. Is that fair? It's like, fair. but so it's fair. a great idea for a future the just- episode, and I knew Mary would be coming, so. Oh. Instinct. Yeah. Instinct, yeah. <laughs> the just it's, Mr. Fair. Murray thwarted the unjust Mrs. Burton. <laughs> <laughs> you I heard wanted, it. Yep. I wanted to know what Mr. Hudson meant when he said, beautiful things are difficult. Um, Though it be true. So that comes from the greater Hippias uh, by Plato. Uh, Socrates says that. And then also I did mention last time to get another uh, phrase on the table that we can uh, bat around, that the object of education is to teach us to love what what is beautiful. Mm. And that comes from the Republic. Hmm. Okay. So why do we need to be taught to love what is beautiful? I think those two might go hand in hand. Beautiful things are difficult. If something's difficult, you have to be taught to appreciate or perceive or understand it. Why do we need to be taught? Can't we instinctively recognize what is beautiful? Right, and I think that that concept then would, in general, (laughs) sorry, uh, slight interruption. Sorry, that concept that we need to be taught would assume that certain things are beautiful factually 
objectively and certain things are not beautiful objectively. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to teach how to recognize them. Yeah? Maybe? No? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, the saying goes, eyes and the beauty of the whole eyes are in the beauty who is this girl (laughs) (laughs) where'd you find her (laughs) beauty is in the eye of the beholder but it's actually in the beauty is in the eye of the mind and so you have to have a well-formed mind in order to appreciate and understand beauty so that being said it does have to be taught because you have to be well-formed in order to appreciate true beauty why what is beauty? Ah. <laughs> that is, okay. Be- asking that question is like, what is, who is it? St. Augustine said, I know what time is till you ask me it. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this morning. Like if I had to give a definition a of beauty, saying. what would I say? I, I don't know. know. I, I, I could I'm, speak of things that I think are beautiful. Right. And like, are you, te- I'm tempted to just do a general, like something that's reflective of God himself. Right. Cause don't we say God is beauty, truth, and goodness. And that that trifecta. So I don't know. Is there something there? But then what's the difference? Between beauty, truth, and goodness. Well, we don't have to do all that. But how is beauty when you say God is beauty? Right. How can beauty be differentiated between those other two things? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Is it have to do? Well, because we have different types of beauty, visual beauty, audio beauty. Um, I don't know. Beautiful actions. So... Yeah, I was thinking of like the the Platonic view of beauty as you have the form of beauty and then you have all these particular instantiations of beautiful of 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 beauty and beautiful things. So you use the word uh, beautiful to describe many different things. This um, sunset is beautiful. This person is beautiful. This song is beautiful. This piece of art is beautiful. What is common to all these things when you use the word mm. beautiful? It seems like you're appealing to some type of standard that you're employing. There is some type of standard of beauty of which all these things participate in or share in. And so, um, you know, what is that standard? What is the, so you could say this is beautiful, but, and that is beautiful, but what is the definition behind all these beautiful things? That I think is more difficult than, like, if I have to give a definition of beauty, I don't know what I say. Me neither. And I was hoping Mr. Hudson would know. (laughs) 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 Well, if we're just looking at it, the distinction between truth, goodness, and beauty, insofar as truth is the object of the intellect and goodness is the object of the will, uh-huh. that beauty seems to be to pertain then to something, uh, one, to the senses and the eye, okay. primarily something that is seen, uh, but something about order and proportion may be a good place to start. Okay. Because if you talk about something being beautiful, if it's out of proportion or it doesn't appear the way it should, there's something disordered about it, then it's not beautiful. But there's something inherent, inherently appealing about order and proportion. Interesting. Especially for mathematics as well. Yes. So would you say that it could be part of a definition of beauty or more just like qualities to recognize beauty? What do you mean That's, qualities to recognize beauty? Well, like if I'm saying what's the definition of beauty and you start listing qualities like beauty contains is that which contains order or symmetry or harmony is that a definition or is this th- these are marks in which you can recognize it well mm-hmm. can you ultimately fully define beauty especially if god is beauty and you don't define it because it's not something like oh that's beautiful because that's proportion i mean you right. would say that's proportionate but you're moved by beauty right and like how uh 
truth is the object of the intellect and then goodness of the will. It's almost like beauty is of the heart, the object mm -hmm. of the heart, you could say. And so you're just instantly moved by it. And that's why Plato also talks about, both Plato and Aristotle focus on the importance of music in right. education of the young, beautiful music, because it forms them to beauty before they can even intellectually grasp it or understand it or know it because it just it moves them without them willing or takes it knowing. as the starting point of education in fact hmm. and so yeah maybe to look for a complete definition is just not possible uh, especially because even aquinas when you're talking about the good he just simply defines it as that which all all men desire and so yeah. that's not even really a definition right and honestly, like I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I think beauty is something, and this is where one of my big riffs with the beauties in the eye of the beholder is the phrase that we determine, like we are the arbiters of what is beautiful. Um, it seems like we want to possess beauty where beauty possesses us. Like beauty is what arrests us, knocks us out of ourselves. And to want to like pin it down so much to define it, it almost seems like there's this control thing where you can't control beauty. It's supposed to possess you. You can't possess beauty. Um, and so like, I'm okay with not being able to give a definition, especially the metaphysical reality of God uh, is beauty, that all beautiful things reflect the nature of God. Plato's reflection on the form of the beautiful is not just this immaterial concept somewhere out there in the cosmos, but the form of beauty adheres in the nature of God and God is inexhaustible. And uh, like, so there's something about beauty with the three transcendentals, you know, truth, goodness, right. and beauty, which I, I think because of its nature, it's in a way elusive. Um, and that's a good thing. Like, I don't want to have to pin down beauty. I like that. I've, yeah, just in, in your own thoughts, I kind of struggle with that because I really like definitions of things. <laughs> it helps me to kind of logically work through why I could argue that beauty isn't in the eye of the beholder and, the, and the, the question that you have to back up to is what is beauty and I have always struggled with that question I, I don't it's mm -hmm. it's so hard to grasp but that's a really good that's a really good explanation of why we don't have to I think so it's a reflection of God how can we define God love that yeah. um but something okay so you said there are things that I think we all know are beautiful like a sunset for instance why would that be why would that be difficult why is it why is a beautiful thing difficult what's i i have difficulty struggling with that being difficult <laughs> well there might be levels to beauty too though because that compared to music or other things that we define as beautiful or like you guys were talking about sunset versus music i think there's levels to beauty or what we okay. consider beautiful like a hierarchy or just different types I don't know if it would be a hierarchy. More of yeah, can different categories. Joining. Um, okay, with the understand the metaphysical understanding that God is the standard of beauty. Beauty comes from His being, from His essence, from His nature. Beauty is going to be reflected in various ways in various different particular things, and some things will reflect that more than others. So I, I think like there's degrations okay. of the way of which things participate in God who's beauty um, analogy would be like if you're looking at light light can be reflected in various ways and through various prisms but some will be reflected some will be brighter some will be duller um, so I think it's like a gradation in the which it participates in the level oh, interesting of be at like how it reflects yeah. beauty there's going to be different 
gradations of that. Would you say like the the higher the gradation, the easier it is to recognize? Like the, the no. Well, backwards. I have a different take on okay. that. Okay. But I don't know if it's the right one. But well, when you see. say it, like let's the first thing that it. comes to my mind. When I hear like beautiful things are difficult, I don't, I don't see it so much as difficult to comprehend or understand like looking at a math problem on the board and it's really hard to solve for <laughs> some people <laughs> <laughs> for it's me hard. when i it's when really i hear annoying. when i hear beautiful things are difficult i think when you allow yourself to experience beauty it makes you uncomfortable that's a difficult like it can put you in an uncomfortable a difficult place it, it's a good thing but there's a certain level of way in which beauty kind of like knocks you off your horse and that could be a Mm. difficult like it's a good thing it's a ironically beautiful thing uh but i see that as something difficult i don't that's my read when i hear that and i don't know why can i go ahead yeah okay so i i feel like when the the beautiful is difficult thing is kind of like um beauty hurts in a way it wounds us and so it opens our Mm. eyes to certain things that might be difficult, so to speak, but beauty is difficult because it, it hurts and it, it it's it's literally when we experience it, it gives us a longing for what we're made for, which is heaven, something beyond us, something beyond this time. Um, so I think that that probably mm. goes into the beauty is difficult because it's not like oh this is so hard to look at. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not difficult. <laughs> it's to like it's difficult because it gives us this longing, mm. and and I think that I heard once something about being a beauty junkie. And it's like you're constantly, and I totally see myself as that because I constantly crave experiences and things that make me feel like wounded, wounded by beauty. And like, I mean, it's because I we're made for heaven, and it's like beauty shows us that we're not made for this earth. And I think what Joseph, Joseph, Joseph was saying (laughs) about beauty possessing us, we so much want to possess it, and it's totally like we can't. We literally, it's there to, it's there for us to contemplate and because we're called to contemplate God who is beauty. Um, And I think that's where it's really difficult for us because it's like that, that line of just contemplating it and wanting to possess it, but we Mm. can't possess it. And I think there are other couple things in that, just breaking that down. One, if you're looking at something beautiful, it takes time to process it, to take it in. Mm. You can't just rush through a museum and take in all of the art Mm. or a sunset. It's meant to contemplate means you're taking time. You're just letting it affect you. And then along with that, as you are there in the presence of beauty, you become reminded, uh, following what Mary said, of when you are not with beauty or the imperfections or the, the, the shortage of beauty that you have or the fact that most beauty here is temporary. Think of like mm. a, a rose, a flower. Mm-hmm. You could cut it. You can uh, put it in a vase, but it only lasts a certain time. And even if you don't, you leave it on the plant, it will also fade and die. And mm. doesn't it hurt when you're watching a sunset and it's so beautiful and then it goes? <laughs> it just hurts. <laughs> yeah, could that be a spin on the difficult? The difficulty aspect is it awakens in us a longing, like you were saying, that can't be satisfied in this life. And so it mm. there's a there's a natural sadness, if you will, that um, corresponds or follows the experience of beauty because, like you said, we want to possess it, we can't during this time. I don't think the 
it, it should lead to a despair. I think that would be like a John Paul Sartre existential, like we have an absurd existence, we have an absurd longing. I think it is supposed to awaken us a longing for something more. It shouldn't lead to a despair. It should, in fact, lead to a hope that in the end that beauty, we can attain that beauty and we're made for that beauty. Um, but, yeah, breaking down that this this is this is difficult. I think it just puts you in a uncomfortable place that makes you recognize this, this, this isn't all there is. And I'm awakened to something that that's an uncomfortable reality Mm. when confronted. So without, without a working definition, but more of like a, a recognition of a sensation that we should experience. Um, is that how we are to discern what is beautiful and what is not? I'm very, I'm very definition. This is how I, my mind is very definition based. So I can look at something and go, Oh, it fits the definition. Therefore it's beautiful. So it's kind of tricky for, <laughs> um, for someone like so me, you wa- maybe you want to know what beauty is. Right. So, so that I can say beautiful. no. And then I can explain why it's not because it doesn't meet like meet these criteria, blah, blah, blah. Well, also in the interest of full disclosure in the greater hippias, the conversation is around beauty and in an attempt to define beauty. Ah. And that's how it ends with, the inability to actually come to a definition <laughs> and the conclusion by Socrates that, well, beautiful but things are difficult. difficult. Right. Okay. okay. But uh. he didn't have God. And right. We have uh. God. And exactly. God, God is the ideal. And all things in this world are like a representation of that ideal. I think that's what makes it beautiful. Okay. And this, the problem in our day and age is that people don't believe in an ideal everything is utilitarian and needs to be purpose like used for a purpose so there's no need for beauty even though beauty isn't supposed to be useful or purposeful Mm -hmm. right so for them it's like that's why even architecture has become boxy and ugly because it's meant to be meant for utility as opposed to just being a beautiful thing right Mm. um but i think that if that helps at all knowing that our standard for it is god who's the ideal and the ideal so what are we talking about with beauty? Yes, there's natural beauty, but there's also the things that we make as men. So art and architecture and music. How can we, how can we ensure that we're making beautiful things? Like how do, well, I don't know how you could put parameters on beauty because it can be applied to so many different things. And maybe that's why beauty is in the eye of the beholder came about. It's because like anything can be beautiful to someone. So how do you put parameters on something that, yeah, I, th- I well, think there's. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that if there is something about back to the idea of order and proportion, and that's something inherent in something, uh, and that it's true, beauty is not useful. It's something right. added on beyond that. That if all we cared about what was useful, then you wouldn't have beauty. So you think of uh, the art, whether architecture, painting, music, especially in regards to the church. Mm-hmm. There's a primary example of having beauty the presence should be in everything in the the music for the liturgy in the design of the building in the windows in uh the art everything that's there uh it should be beautiful especially as it is in a sense heaven on earth Mm. and so if we are made for heaven and longing for that and we can in a sense attain that just as we believe that the eucharist is in fact god uh so therefore he is here Beauty is here with us on earth, present there in, in the church. Would, would you, can you say there's a property of beauty of transcendence? Uh, you just called it one of the three transcendentals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me phrase. So, like, is there something about beauty that 
br- like in i don't know if it's as much as in ex- in the experience of beauty because you have something objectively beautiful but not experienced as such but is there something about are there qualities within something that's beautiful that points beyond itself so much like it's it's almost a sign for the transcendent is there something you can quantify in the in something beautiful that has a transcendent mark to it i'm not sure i don't know how those are just some big words. You mean something that, <laughs> would, <laughs> like, something that pulls you out of yourself? Maybe something that would pull you. Something away that points from you, to a higher po- purpose. Yeah, to like a it's not just it's not just a really like I could draw all of your faces here and do a perfect representation, but is that necessarily beautiful just because I'm I'm a robot and I'm able to sketch it out perfectly? So what's the difference between a really good drawing that's proportional and could whatever it be a sense ordered of wonder and of like how that was created like something oh, yeah. that you know you can't mm. replicate like if because as you know i'm not an artist but when i look at you know beautiful paintings part of the wonder of it is like i could never do that you know and that's not a bad thing it just pulls me out of myself like pointing towards something greater is that what you meant joseph something um, different i, I could go two ways <laughs> well i i think there's something with the transcendentals that would you, would you say something can be beautiful without also being true and good at the same time? I think those might be hallmarks of something that's beautiful is mm-hmm. this accurately depicts this person right. or, you know, it's true. It, it's expressing reality or there's something that's very good about this painting or right. this Because if you think of, you know, a painting of Christ scourged, not necessarily a beautiful image, you know, in it, in and of itself, it's ugly, you know, but it's true and it points to the higher goodness of a sacrifice for us. So it would be beautiful for those reasons. Um, so it being transcendental, tran- transcendental, transcendental. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> it therefore also needs to be true and good to be beautiful or to reflect goodness and truth. Or yeah. More of a question yeah. than. Okay. Yeah, but I think that, like, for instance, in people, when, <laughs> for instance, in people, when you see someone who's objectively very attractive, and then you get to know them, and they're Ooh. not so good <laughs> or Ill. true, Ill. they it, 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 it loses, they lose their beauty. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a good point. So it really is Dorian all, Gray all together. Mm-hmm. Or, on the other hand, someone who's not super attractive, and you get to know them, and they're so good and so true, mm. yeah. and they become so attractive, and there's a beauty to that. I think that has a lot mm. to do with who the human person is, though, is like we're not just bodies. Um, we're not just physical appearance. Like we're body and soul composite. Um, so there's something about the interior um, of the person, the soul being reflected in the person that can be beautiful, even if their body's deteriorating, if they're uh, older or whatever it may be, or not as physically uh, pleasing. I'm thinking of, I think it was Fulton. No, I think it was not Fulton. Chan, I think it was St. Augustine has a quote, like to the extent that you grow in love, you grow in beauty because mm-hmm. love is the beauty of the soul. And so that could be like, I, I think that has a lot to do with the reality of the human person. There's something deeper to us than just our physical bodies. And certainly then looking at the soul, the human, insofar as you are good and you have grace in you or growing grace, then you are also more ordered and mm. more the way you are meant to be. And so therefore that would be the inherent attraction, the order, the beauty uh, of the soul. I see. Okay. So the orderedness of beauty. I like how you keep coming back to that because it's a yeah. good standard. And actually going back to like the beauty in the eye of the beholder, mm-hmm. 
Saint Augustine has his classic quote of late, "Have I loved thee?" You oh, know, yes. it goes. He goes on to say, like, "You created all these lovely things, and I searched for you in those lovely things, but I was without, and you were within." So he was like seeking Christ in the lovely things without Christ within himself. Hmm. So in order to be able to appreciate beauty and and true beauty, we have to have true beauty within ourselves, which is virtue and God, obviously, Whoa. ultimately. And is that easy? That's great. It's, no. no, I would call it. <laughs> Difficult. Amen. Circle back. This is certainly the thing, as because that comes from his confessions, book ten of the confessions. Uh, but thinking about how he, I mean, you can mistake truth. You can get lost in other things, pursue other philosophies, as he did, uh, and then ultimately end up in the right, uh, the truth. And you can mistake other things as good. We talk about uh, apparent goods all the time when you're talking about ethics or actions. You desire something that is less uh, less good than than the creator, as opposed to the actual good. So therefore, it would make sense that you could desire something or mistake something as beautiful, which is less than what is actually beautiful. Mm. Right, but then you find its emptiness. So it doesn't leave you satisfied. His, it's non-transcendentalism. Because it doesn't <laughs> last. <laughs> because it fades. Yeah, the other angle I was trying to get at with the transcendental thing was. <laughs> Like, is there something about, objectively speaking, about something that's beautiful that, by its very nature, points beyond itself, points to something higher? So I the think so. beautiful yeah. is a sign I of beauty? So. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that goes along the, the lines of the possession thing. Because it's like you, you try to possess it, and you're like unsatisfied. And you can't possess mm-hmm. it. So it does, it's like it's something greater. Mo- lo- yeah. and love seeks union. So therefore, you want to be unified un- to it, united to it, yeah. <laughs> unified, <laughs> unified with it. But you unified. can't, yeah. Unified. How do you? Because <laughs> I, I think they're like one of the main purposes of beauty is to break you out of yourself, like to break you out of your ego, get outside of yourself in the small world that you, the the cave, if you will, that you dwell in. But not just to get you brought out of yourself, but also to be brought to something high, a reality that is higher ultimately that leads to God. So it's like you could get brought out of yourself, but stop there and not go any higher with, with that experience of beauty. Mm. So, you know, when I say like transcendence is not just beyond yourself, but beyond this world, like pointing to something higher beyond this world. So would just, that be something a fruit unexplained then, maybe, I don't know. Would that be a fruit then of the contemplation that comes from the beauty of the beautiful object looking at? Yeah. And Cause it? maybe you classify it more as a, a fruit and it's more of the experience because you could conceivably have two people experiencing at the same time the same beautiful piece of music one allows themselves to be moved so much that they're broken outside themselves and they're brought um they're brought beyond this world even and then the other it's like yeah that was that was okay (laughs) (laughs) but but a question there because allowing yourself to or knowing how to are two different things. Yeah. It's not like, I'm not going to be moved by this. Like, you can't mm-hmm. do that. It's like, are you formed or not? And I think it goes back to that. And it's like, if we, if it is something we have to be formed to appreciate, or if not, how do we come to that? Like now, how do we do that? As you get older and you're like, okay, I am not moved by anything. Like, I don't feel moved by this. You, this is supposed to be a beautiful piece of music. Why don't I feel it? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the question, too. I guess. A question <laughs> for the difficulty you, of beauty. Do you think it's because of our fallen nature that we, like, do you think that we inherently can recognize beauty or you're saying that we have to learn it, but do you think there's some inherent, like, inherently inside that you can recognize beauty, like, 
without being formed by it. Mm -hmm. Does does that question make sense? Because like, you know, I think in our fallen nature, we don't maybe recognize beauty in its fullness mm -hmm. or, or um, maybe we don't see it as a transcendental, but I, I think that you we think can recognize it. Compartmentalized we desire people. it. We desire it. We seek it, it but right. it seems that that quest for beauty could get misdirected or totally, totally. Um, stifled in a sense. Right. And, and so that we have to train it and encourage it. Train it, right. Just like for doing good things, virtuous action, you have to train. Mm -hmm. We may have a desire for the good, mm -hmm. but if we are placed or, or directed towards something that is only a lesser good or an apparent good, or we don't actually have the habit of form doing, repeating the virtuous actions, then we're never going to actually cultivate the virtue. If you're not cultivating the virtue, then you become someone or a, a group of people who just think that it's beautiful if it makes me feel something. And it doesn't, mm -hmm. the something is what's in question. You know, like the modern art of the, you know, in an art museum, they have a dog and they put his food, you know, too far away for him to reach. And he's a starving dog. And people are like, that makes me feel something. So it must be art. It must be beautiful. The banana tape to the wall. Banana tape. <laughs> yeah. You but know, like, I mean, it, the unmade uh, bed. If, <laughs> yes. if you're not formed properly, if you're, you know, maybe that's the point. If you're not formed properly, then it's just it. If it doesn't move me, it's not beautiful. It doesn't mean anything. So, so I have to push the mm. limit. You know, so you can appreciate it or maybe recognize that it's beautiful, but not to actually take it in fully or yeah. to understand it. You need that training. You need mm -hmm. some education to actually. How be do you able get to that? Do you think right. anyone has At the Saint capacity? Joe's, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Mary. Yes. Do you think anyone has the capacity to see beauty in everything they experience, or are we more compartmentalized? Like, I do think there. are are beautiful pieces of art, but m what moves me more and what I find more beautiful is music, you know, composers, someone who can write a piece of music for 40, 50 people. Unlike people nowadays where it's like 50 people writing a piece of music for one person, but like going to composers, but that I can find beautiful. I can, I can close my eyes and listen to that and be away somewhere else in this beautiful piece of music, but I can't, I have yet to be able to do that with other things. I would say music's easier than uh, actually visual art. But yeah, I was going to ask because, you know, we use the words moved. Why? That's we cool. use. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, just <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that, back that at me. That takes away from like, <laughs> visual, too, though. That's all a little feud going on it's over because here. Art, We're in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> art, like, you have to engage Ooh. the intellect with art. You don't have to engage the intellect with music. It just, like, goes straight. Dang, dang it. See. Wow. You let Mary steal my... Sorry. <laughs> Darn it, Mary. I wrote my thesis on the influential power of music. So wow. Wow. Okay. I want to hear about that. that. You came all the way from Virginia? Virginia? Just for uh -huh. this Just podcast. to teach us. Yeah. Just to yeah. teach us. Uh -huh. Well, obviously, Joe could have said it. <laughs> so he says. But he did. Well, I was going to say, so we use the word feel. We use the word move. We use the word pierce. Um, I think we have this perception that... Something we experience beauty only insofar as we have an emotional reaction to it, and I think yeah. that's an impoverished view of looking at moving or er, experiencing beauty. It's a function of something deeper to us than just our emotions. Like you could m be moved by something so beautiful without being in tears or or having this emotional crazy experience to it. Now the emotions enhance that experience, and they should be welcomed when they come. But I think sometimes, like you're talking about earlier, being a junkie for beauty. I think we could be a, a junkie of emotional experiences. I remember as a kid, 
I still do this. My wife makes fun of me is like, if I hear a really good song, I'll play it on repeat a million, oh like Same. over and over and yeah. over and over and over again. And then I get you're sick of it. <laughs> well, I get frustrated. Is like, why, why don't I have that same emotional reaction experiences I did earlier? And we could become this junkie for emotions. But I think when we experience beauty, there's something we got to go beyond just the emotions. Like you talk about like that intellectual apprehension, um, or in the, the function of the intellect of the soul of the heart. And by heart, I don't just mean, emotional aspect to us i mean like the core of our personhood i like that a lot yeah that's I reassuring like, too i like the 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 beauty junkie thing with the emotional part because right that is like the more addictive thing and it's something mm. you can possess the emotional yeah. like the feel and that's kind of you know there's that whole conversation about praise and worship as opposed to like uh mm, latin, like chant. latin <laughs> chant. Yeah. and i think Gregorian it's that chant. it's like that that uh, can can i contemplate beauty or do I just want to possess it and feel it? Ooh. Oh, oh I love adding that to the debate too about <laughs> co- contemporary Christian maybe music another, at mass. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's great. And it's also kind of reassuring. Sorry. It's reassuring. I just want to, <laughs> 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 I'm so I sorry, Joseph. I want to, uh, what you said was very reassuring because you know, it's not often you go to an art museum and you break out into tears and you're like, <laughs> well, gosh, maybe I'm not <laughs> appreciating, but if you, you know, you can contemplate something and intellectually understand its beauty without being emotionally moved by it. And I, I think that's reassuring for maybe what Matt was saying too. Mm. Yeah. Joseph, sorry, go ahead. Say your thing. No, what, what you were saying, Matt earlier was I was thinking, I think some like, the two reasons I could think of why people say beauty is in the eye of the beholder is there's two avenues you could go down or at least to answer it, I think is one, like we have, um, we have a draw to different things that are beautiful. Like you were saying, music is one of the most beautiful things to you. And for other people, it's the natural beauty of creation for other people. It's artwork. Um, and there's, I think there's a legitimate subjectivity, like for you, um, you have more of a inkling towards music versus art and et cetera. And I, I think you can make that move without saying, because I don't have a, um, what's the word draw to, uh, the beauty in paintings, therefore paintings aren't beautiful. I don't think they're beautiful. Like, I think there's a level of subjectivity you can have without making it subjectivism. That's what I was totally going to ask that too, is if, within our category of this is beautiful are there some things that we can think are less beautiful than others and and why is that the case is 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 something objectively beautiful less objectively beautiful than something else do you know what i mean like are certain paintings less beautiful than others or is that once you're in once you've entered the land of beauty (laughs) is it then just a matter of opinion and you know you don't have a hierarchy within that realm do you know what i'm saying i don't know that's well that's the second more difficult part that i have with this is because we're talking about beautiful things are difficult you need to be um taught into beauty you need to uh you need to allow yourself to be uh changed to know what is beautiful so how do you have on one hand the legitimate like subjectivity of certain things appeal to you more than others but then ask like well maybe i'm not formed to appreciate true beauty exactly that's what i have difficult are there is there is there a hierarchy are things more beautiful than than other things i wonder if i wonder if knowledge has something to do with it because like i've never been actually very moved by art either like i'm much more moved by music and stuff but 
I, since I started teaching art, I'm teaching art history as well, and like my appreciation for art has grown immensely. And I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, you guys, because I grew up going to museums and didn't feel it at all. I'd be like, I literally don't understand this. But as I've come to understand more, I'm so much more moved by pieces of Interesting. art. So like maybe certain things, like, I mean, obviously you have to know in order to love. So with art, and there's, that's just interesting. So I don't know mm. what the hierarchy is there, but with knowledge can come a deeper, you can see the beauty more. Huh. I, I think it's a combination of uh, knowledge and experience because you have to put it into practice to understand it as well. Like you can't just have the knowledge of something and like never hear anything or never see it and to recognize beauty. I think you need the experience of it as well as the knowledge to put the two together. So that makes it yeah even more complex. Interesting. C- I have like two questions. One's kind of silly. And one's kind of maybe going to take us in a different type of direction, or it could be answered really quickly. Um, <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Who knows where it's going to go from here? <laughs> I noticed a lull, and I thought I'd jump in. Uh, as we're discussing, I think maybe I'm coming up with an answer because everyone's so intelligent, and they've. I feel like I've learned a lot in the last 20 minutes or so. Um, but I've always kind of uh, wondered if we could also maybe have a definition of, of art in this realm of beauty or if it's kind of in the same category of undefinable because of its nature or if we can define art and therefore we're able to categorize if things are art or not art to me i think art's easier to define than beauty but maybe i'm not what is art i would just the the i would say very simply the expression of beauty in any period Whoa! Okay. Mic drop. Well, thanks Hot for take. listening. Yep. <laughs> Have a great night, everyone. Wait, but what is beauty in in relation to art, then? Well, yeah. Don't ask me what is beauty. Yeah. Right? Is. <laughs> Actually, you guys, there's this amazing. I don't know if ever, any of you know of Sir Roger Scruton, the philosopher. Oh, he's so excellent. Sounds cool. He's a knight, he's, so he's probably he's cool. so cool. Is he Sir more Roger contemporary? Scru- he just died. Hello, Sir. Oh, okay. Obviously yeah, English. He's Roger. English, yeah. So, anyways, he, sorry, he has Roger. some really awesome, awesome stuff on YouTube. He has books, but I only listen to stuff on YouTube. <laughs> but you should all listen to Why Beauty Matters. Yes, that's a good one. You know it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's Mr. Awesome. Hu- Mr. <laughs> Hudson. <laughs> Mr. Hudson actually um, oh. wrote this script for <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he taught him. <laughs> Did true. he give a good actually definition of him. art? No. Well, he he just talks about it, and he talks about how um, people what's considered art nowadays, and with modern art and the ridiculousness of mm-hmm. like literally the unmade bed is a work of right. art and mm-hmm. a load of bananas on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he just talks about how, what is art? It's, it's like, um, how it is a representation of the ideal, but we don't have ideals anymore. So he just t- like talks about it, you know, like every philosopher, they never get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, a couple other principles that might help here. I mean, cause art, we could also, talk about different kinds of art or do you have about the fine arts the liberal arts the performing arts all of those yes but uh also uh just thinking about another principle going back to aristotle uh the idea of art imitating nature okay and so that might be a good place to start as far as looking at your questions so if art is supposed to imitate nature by nature you mean the natural world Mm-hmm. It, it has okay 
I'm trying to think of counterexamples as on the fly here of like what is, you know, commonly considered art, but that wouldn't fit. Well, but think about it as far as like uh, you can take an example of uh, Picasso Uh or Degas as opposed to, say, uh, switching uh, slightly genres, but uh, Michelangelo's Pietà or his David or something as far as you can see. If you're looking at a representation of the human form, which one okay. is clearly more ordered and proportionate and reflects the reality? Oh, do you think Picasso was an artist? At some point in his life, okay. or ever? <laughs> I mean, no, ever just, or I always? In his in his in his weirdest works of you his know. original stuff, he has actually some excellent paintings. There's okay. one of uh, an altar boy. Uh, it's very realistic. It looks nothing like his later works. Okay, but you would you would say his later works are not art. Well, to the extent that I mean, can you even tell what it is? Do you even does it? How does it? How well does it reflect reality? Does it reflect the world around you? How does it? Interesting. Okay, so d- d- can we combine yours and Joseph's definitions? So it has to reflect nature, and it has to express beauty. Which I think n- nature is beautiful. Okay. Which you were using as a starting point, the sunset or something. Okay. Yeah. The stars. I'm trying to think of, um, who's that guy that does the splatter painting? Um, Bob Jackson Ross. Pollock. Pollock. Sorry. I said that so close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pollock. Uh, you know, some people could, if you see what you want to see in the painting, you could see a sunset in a Pollock painting. It's just where he just splatters paint on a, on a canvas or whatever. Um, could that be, if, if you can glean something that reflects the natural world and something beautiful from that, could that be art or it's not art because it's not obvious? Don't you or? feel like we don't have to like interpret it so much? <laughs> Beauty isn't supposed to be like, well, I guess I'm talking like we have to know it, mm-hmm. but like to be like, oh, what do I see and what do I want to make of this? That's subjective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's something that's a lot more... So when you go down those trains of like, what do you get out of it? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because then it's, yeah, relativism. And then it's about about the experience. It's not about the actual thing itself. Okay, interesting. Do you think sports are art? (laughs) Whoa. Sports are art. (laughs) The sport itself or people who are good at sports? Like good at the what they do. The act of watching like a uh, an amazing baseball game, <laughs> like a work of art. I think, I think a man hitting okay, a baseball at 100 to, miles no, an no, hour no. is art. I, we did, I've I had this debate before. Well, yeah, no. When I think when I think of um, <laughs> talent, seeing seeing like uh, someone, I've cried at baseball games. Like before. for example, watching clips of art. Michael Jordan is like for me. Yes. Even if there's no music to, when I see that, it's there's something so elegant, so beautiful about it. Why? Um. Geometry and motion, but is that, that art? Part of what I mean, is that art? It is. I think that is part of what I was mm-hmm. saying earlier too. Is that I think that there is something where you're watching another person or another thing happening that you're like, wow, I could never, you know, this this feeling oh. of like they are so talented and I don't have that talent. Maybe yeah, is what you're like. Whoa, well, it's so, wonder. Okay. It's like yeah. a feeling of wonder. I think Ooh. then maybe we need to incorporate know, something about talent into this. Yeah, you know, because although. Well, Sorry, now I'm contradicting myself. Sorry. I was gonna do a couple of things. One, to throw another wrench in, since that's what we're let's doing not, right now. Yeah, we're wrenching it. Let's wrench it. But the other thing about no. art is that it's some product that's produced. Okay. So Poor if you think right. of it, whether it is a painting, whether it is a piece of music, whether it is uh, even a performance, 
a play. A performance there's, of there's any a, kind. There's yeah, dance or uh, drama, whatever it might be. And so what is then the product in okay. a, a sport, in, the, in a game, mm. in a competition? Is that actually producing a product? Entertainment? Yeah. But entertainment's not a product. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the way I see it is... Um, there's a there's an order there's a like there's an order to a, a certain sport and when you see players who are playing so well like it's almost like they show us what the sport is meant to be like they're the ideal um they're the ideal playing or or showing us like to appreciate this game that was created for a particular purpose or end and so they're like the best representation of what this game, like the potential this game has to be. I think you can find that in everything. Like you could watch a, you know, a teacher doing a really fantastic lesson and feel the same way or a yeah. slippery you know, slope, I'd, I'd, I'd say. I know, but there's only, yeah. no, 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 I'm not saying though. art. I'm just saying that it's but, that feeling of watching the someone, thing. the art, ideal. Yeah. And art isn't the only beautiful thing. Right. Right. That's just it. Is right. Beauty is beyond art. Yeah. Mm. Art is one thing that the yeah. purpose of art is to express beauty. Though. Okay. And so that's a difference. Got it. So you could say watching Michael Jordan play basketball that that's a there's an elegance beautiful. there's beautiful but there's it's not right. art. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right. And good not with every that. moment of Michael Jordan's career is beautiful. Right. Sure, I was Sticking talking about his highlighted out. clips. I was Sticking talking about his highlighted clips. So there's Sweating. a not his blooper reel. <laughs> not his blooper reel. <laughs> 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 okay. And there has to be some level of of talent involved in art because to express the beautiful is difficult. It takes skill. You have to learn how to do it. It's difficult. So it's not just you trying to express something beautiful. You have to actually succeed. Yeah. And um, they say anyone that's a master of something has spent 10,000 hours at it. So to put that much time into something. I don't know about that. You know, it's cool too. I think the the better someone is at something, let's say an artist in this case, they're, um, they're in touch with that ideal you're talking about so much that people could be praising their work, but I think they'll recognize like what I'm trying to represent of this ideal falls so short. Ah. Like I'm thinking of like Thomas Aquinas when he receives his mystical vision of Christ towards the end of his life. He says, everything I've written has been straw compared to oh, what yeah. I've seen. Right. Seeing another story. There's a, uh, one of the visionaries, our Leah Cabejo in Rwanda, Africa was asked, you know, um, if you, uh, how, how do you describe Mary? How do you describe her beauty? What does she look like? And, and the, the answer is, amazing it was like let's just say if the best artist was asked to saw mary and was asked to paint mary that artist would just drop his or her brush and say i cannot possibly in justice um portray the beauty of what i've seen Uh, and that's the idea of the the tortured artist because they know in the new fatima movie was so irritating when they would look away when mary was there it's like you would you not can't be able to yeah do no that. you you would turn not. around and talk to these yeah, no. people in the crowd. you would not <laughs> you would not yeah okay speaking of difficult we have one week left before christmas break Woo. and then speaking of christmas my oh last boy. question here <laughs> I was like, speaking of difficult is <laughs> wrapping up this podcast no one more thing okay <laughs> trying <laughs> trying okay beauty is objective yes amen yes. um would you consider certain like home decorations to be <laughs> oh, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful or not beautiful? Yes, because you know decorations are kind of a form of art, and therefore they need to express beauty. Decor. And then getting more specifically, then certain Christmas decorations mm. are either beautiful or not beautiful. Yeah, is that true? <laughs> yes. 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 Mr. Garrick yes. and I were yes. talking about pink lights today. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we've got to move away from this. Uh, yeah. No. Christmas is pointing towards, you know? The pink baby lights. Jesus. Pink Sweet. He, baby it Jesus. should be blue lights. <laughs> Advent, though. I can do the Advent thing with it. I don't know. Maybe they're Only just colorblind. 
Could Maybe. be. Okay. Mm. Okay. And, yep. Well, thank you for well, listening. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. You, ta- you were waiting the entire podcast to do Maybe. that. Maybe. <laughs>